Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, March 3rd, 2023 on Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, it has been a busy couple weeks for you. Ooh. I saw you posted you've seen 10 shows in 14 days. Uh, and short of that being like a New York trip for me, like that's a that's right. a lot. Do you have do you have any takeaways? I know some of these things you've seen haven't opened yet, so you can't talk about them. But do you have True. any larger takeaways from your past two weeks of show going? I, you know, I've seen a and I and I will say I've seen a couple of shows twice. Like if I, okay. you know, I, I, you know, I saw Sweeney a couple of times, and now I've seen Shucked a couple of times. Um, because I, you know, wanted to see a special show and then also was there for press and all the things. Right. Um, and so it's so hard cause I'm having to pack everything in, but I, I actually feel like my big takeaway has nothing to do with particularly the performances or anyone okay. in particular. And I need to clarify, this is not a comment on like how people quote unquote should behave in a theater. This is not like, oh, there's one way to act or there's like quote, theater etiquette, which is like rooted in like white supremacy and misogyny and all the things. This is not that. I need everyone to know that this isn't that. Why in 2023 are we clapping over people's big long notes at the end of a song? I want to hear those big long notes. They've worked so hard to hit those big long notes and we're all just kind of like, Whoa! and I'm like, no, 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 let's do that right after because I want to hear this big long note. I'm just so excited to hear the note. And I am exhausted and furious every time we, everyone just starts to kind of go in and, and applaud them because I want them to get that. I want us to do that after the no. Why are we doing it during the no? I know. I'm completely with you 100%. It is one of my pet peeves. Like, again, I'm with you. Like, I want people to verbalize. I, I'm totally good with people applauding at random things. Him. Clap your hands. Yeah, just do it when it, like, so you can hear everything, not only for, like, the other people around you, but yes, for the other people around you, but also for you. Like, if you think what you've just heard was so great that you need to applaud, wait until the end so you can hear more of it so you can applaud more. Sometimes we're overcome, and I get that. Like, I'm not yes. trying to tone police anybody. I just want to hear that damn note. I want I want to support that actor's journey because they were probably sitting with Mike Ruckles for four hours working on that thing, and I want to hear it. That's all. I think that is a very fair thing Liz to Kaplan ask. Liz Kaplan will co-sign this, I feel. <laughs> yes, if anybody will, it'll be the vocal coaches out there working with all of the Broadway stars. But... <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, of course, in our podcast feed, we've had a, a number of things over the weekend. We had an episode of Class Notes. We had This Week on Broadway. Check those out over at patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon before you can get them anywhere else. One thing that we did not have in the Patreon feed, Grace, was a review recap episode of Life of Pi. Because you know why? Because these people are, unlike clapping for big notes... They aren't doing things until way later than they actually have to. Uh, and all of the reviews did not come out until post 11 o'clock on Thursday evening. And your boy was asleep. Oh. Your boy, your boy was tired. And I was already in bed by the time I think even the New York Times came out. Like if it's 10 o'clock, like that's pushing it. Like I usually get in bed 10 to 1030. But if, if it's still not out by then, that's that's going to be a problem for me. So we will go through all of the reviews. By this point, if you are interested in them, chances are you have seen them already. So I'm just going to go through them fairly quickly. But 
As you know, on Thursday night, the show opened at the Gerald Schoenfeld Theater after an Olivier Award-winning run in London and then having an out-of-town tryout in Cambridge, Massachusetts at the American Repertory Theater. The show is based on a book and a, a movie of the same name. The novel is by Yann Martel. It was adapted by Lola Chakrabarty and features uh, original music by Andrew T. McKay. Uh, it is directed by Max Webster, and it has some of the most incredible puppetry that I've ever seen. I've never... I haven't seen it, but I don't know that I've ever seen a puppet walk the red carpet. Maybe Milky White did, maybe even Olaf did, but I saw the videos of of Richard Parker yeah. walking the red carpet, and it was, inc- I mean, it was just so cool. It really looked amazing. You saw it at ART. You have not seen it on Broadway yet, correct, Grace? I've not seen it on Broadway. I'm meant to see it soon. But what's funny is I had scheduled my um, viewing of Dancing that night, which is directly across the street. So I watched the entire step and repeat of Richard Parker from across the street. And I was clapping and and texting my friends that were um, also working it, you know, over at Spot and all the things. And I was just like, you guys are killing it. (laughs) <laughs> from across the street. Yeah. I don't know if that was like a marketing thing or just something for the actor, but like that's a, v- a very cool visual that I hope that they splash everywhere over the next week to get people excited about this. Um, the one human actor, I guess, playing a human throughout the entire show is the Olivier uh, winning actor Hiran Abisakara, who originated the role of Pi in London and is back with the show. The review aggregator site Did They Like It has collected 14 reviews. Ten of them were positive, four of them were mixed, and none of them were negative. If you are unfamiliar with the story, the show breaks down thusly. After a cargo ship sinks in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, a 16-year-old boy named Pi is left stranded on a lifeboat with the most unlikely of companions, a royal Bengal tiger. That's Richard Parker. With time and nature against him, the two must learn to trust one another if they are to survive. Um, let's start off, as we always do, with the great lady, the paper of record, the New York Times, Alexis Soloski, did make the show a critic's pick. She said, quote, With dazzling imagination and sublime control, the show's cast and crew conjure a delirious, dynamic, highly pettable world. And oh, is it a wonder. Though the play is ostensibly about one boy's fraught survival after a disaster, that story is somewhat thin. Life of Pi instead succeed as a broader tribute to human ingenuity and animal grace. Brittany Samuel, writing for Broadway News, said, quote, Pi is not afraid to hold seemingly opposite logics and faiths in the same hand. Neither is Chakrabarty in a brilliantly staged dramedy that constantly blurs the lines between fact and fiction. Um, let's keep going a little bit. Uh, Kenji Fujishima, writing for Theater Mania, said, quote, It's an accomplishment for any performer to stand out amid a special effects-heavy show such as this. But Abasakara turns out to be just as good a reason to see the visually enchanting life of Pi as the puppets. That's a pretty good, uh, a, 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 a pretty good recommendation there when the puppets are that great. Jackson McHenry of Vulture said, quote, We're here for the tigers, folks. And yes, this tiger is pretty cool. It's a pity he's stranded in a story awash with platitudes. That was one of the mixed reviews. Um, And finally, let's wrap up with, let's see, let's go with Matt Winman from AM New York. On the whole, Life of Pi is a most impressive and well-executed piece of theater. It's a shame that Richard Parker is likely not eligible for a Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Play. Then again, one suspects that the artist that brought the tiger and the other animals and visual effects to life 
will be deservedly recognized. Uh, I think that this is one of those things, Grace, where... Are we going to have a Billy Elliot situation where you honor three actors? Because that's six actors that operate Richard Parker. They don't... I don't think they do that anymore. I think they've changed the rules where they do not do collective nominations anymore. But I think this is one of those situations where you very well might see uh, a special Tony. Uh, again, have not seen it, so I'm just going on kind of like the reviews and what I've seen from press clips and what I've heard from folks. But like, I would not be surprised if this is one of those things where they're like, there's really no one to give a Tony Award to or even really a nomination to. But I would not be surprised if this is a special Tony for the puppetry work and Life of Pi as a whole. Matt, this is once again for me another reason why we I think I think it would be really smart for the American Theater Wing to develop an outstanding performance of the season, Tony. And mm-hmm. this is another example of that. Sure. That's all I want to say. Yeah. And you've said that before, where, where it can encapsulate anything. It could be replacements. It could be yeah. um, groups. It could be whatever. Uh, I, I think that's a really a interesting person that thing. does not want to live in a binary of yes, um, actor, actress. Yes. Uh, a, a replacement. Yes. This type of performance. Yes. I just think that there is a way to honor these things that don't require a random freestyle love supreme a special Tony award. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's, there's a category for this. I really do. Yeah. I, I have long been in favor. I listened to a, a couple podcasts about movies, even though I don't see a lot of movies. I watch more TV. Like I listen to a couple of really smart movie podcasts, including the big picture hosted by Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins. And they have long talked about the Academy Awards needing to change up how they, they do their categories and to not only make it more interesting to wider audiences to get more things nominated, but just to more accurately represent what is going on in, in movies today, because a lot of these awards are things that have been given out for decades and decades and decades. I think the same is true with the Tony Awards. Theater is changing and therefore how we recognize and celebrate theater needs to change as well. So whether that's um, something like that, that's that's very broad, whether it's a, an ensemble slash chorus, Tony, whether it's a best replacement, uh, Tony, whether it's, you know, best casting, whatever. I think we need to kind of think about how we recognize people working in, in on Broadway. And that is definitely something that I could get behind. All right, let's move on to this week's theatrical schedule. Still a little light. We've still got some things that are waiting to open, but we do have some things that I want to mention about, but coming to Broadway and uh, unfortunately closing off Broadway. But let's start. Oh, boy, you've seen it twice. It was a corny good time on Tuesday, April 4th. We will have the official Broadway opening of Shucked over at the Nederlander Theater. This is a show that I mean, it's really starting to gain momentum on social media, I think, Grace. Maybe it's just in our little insular theater-obsessed worlds, but I think it's starting to to have a little bit of a moment. It is directed by Jack O'Brien, choreographed by Sarah O'Glebby. It features a book by Robert Horn, music by Brandy Clark and Shane McElhenney, and has really a phenomenal cast. Um, You have seen it multiple times now, so if I'm leaving somebody out who stands out, please let me know. But the bold-faced names are John Bailman, Kevin Cahoon, Andrew Durand, Gray Henson, Caroline Inabickler, uh, Alex Newell, Ashley D. Kelly, anybody else that I'm leaving out there that, that should be pointed out, uh, Grace? Oops, no? Okay. Question mark? I'm no, like okay. Looking at my playbill from last night. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. All good. So I think I got everybody. Um, so that one will be opening on Tuesday night. We will have all of the reviews for that one. We don't have a ton the rest of the week until Friday. We'll get to that. But also happening on Tuesday over at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater, we have the first preview performance of the Manhattan Theater Club's production of Summer 1976. 
I feel excited about that one. I didn't realize. Laura Lenny could run me over with a car and I'd thank her. I can't wait. So I do think it's interesting. We have had 1776 on Broadway this season. We have 19, summer 1976 on Broadway this season. I think it was Adam Feldman who came up with a couple different ideas for somebody who could get a show to Broadway, you know, with 1876 in the title. Um, they'd have to write the show really quickly and get it financed. But I mean, I feel like that's a missed opportunity here. Uh, but nonetheless, this show uh, is written by uh, David Auburn and directed by Daniel Sullivan and is part of the Manhattan Theater Club season. It is a two-hander starring, as you mentioned, Laura Linney uh, and, of course, Jessica Hecht as well. Uh, excited about that one. Always uh, interested to see those two stars back on Broadway. And I've really kind of been interested in the MTC stuff recently. I haven't always liked the stuff they bring in, um, but it's always interesting and they always do something um, worth seeing and worth talking about. So obviously you will be there whether it's run over by a truck or not. And uh, I'm interested to hear what this one is well, it's all about. Also, I think and someone's going to correct me if I'm wrong, but like Daniel Sullivan, the director, uh, directed proof, which was David Auburn. Yes. And so I like the idea of these two coming back uh, together for, for this project. And Daniel also directed Laura and the little foxes, which I paid my hard earned. Like I had no money and I, and thank God for today ticks. I got like a nosebleed seat for, uh, to see, uh, Cynthia Nixon and her do that show and it meant the world to me. Um, so I am really excited for all of these people to come back together, um, especially at Manhattan Theater Club. So I'm I'm excited. I actually feel like MTC has had a really cool, interesting, diverse season in terms of like their programming, and I've really enjoyed it. So and I and I'm normally like, yeah, I I enjoy it, but I actually genuinely feel like they've had a really fantastic season. Yeah, the collaboration didn't work for me, but uh, no. that's neither here nor there. Uh, also, interesting that we're talking about Proof just a few days after the star of the film version of Proof won a very big legal battle. Goop. Congratulations to Gwyneth and your $1 uh, lawsuit win, and more importantly, the one that you won against the person suing you. But anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, okay, so the rest of the week, coming up on Friday, a show that we'll talk about much more, I am sure. We will have the first preview performance of Goodnight Oscar at the Belasco Theater, written by Pulitzer Prize winner Doug Wright, directed by Lisa Peterson. The show has a fantastic cast. Uh, Sean Hayes, Emily Burgle, Marshant Davis, Peter Gross, uh, Ben Rappaport, Alex Wise, John Jorzetsky. Really excited about that one. We will talk about that more as we get to it. I just want to say, just saying, because we're talking about Goodnight Oscar, Ben Rappaport's Jack Parr. If you are a late night comedy nerd, like get ready for oh. that performance. I know everyone's talking about Sean Hayes because he is it's playing Sean the Hayes. titular Oscar Levant, but like Ben Rappaport as Jack Parr, like originated this role at the Goodman. Like this is going to be thrilling. And I think it's also really exciting that we're bringing back Marshawn Davis, who was mm -hmm. at the Belasco for Ain't No Mo. Oh, that's right. And yeah, that's right. now returning to his show or to his theater um, in this show, which is really, really cool. You don't get to see that a lot uh, for actors in one season getting to have that moment. I forget. Did you did you see Goodnight Oscar in Chicago? No, but I work on it. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, I know because you spent so much time in Chicago at the end of last year. I couldn't remember if you. No, I wanted to, to because Ethan Slater was in right. it, and I was so excited to like see this new show because I I really enjoy late night comedy lore, and um and then of course he did not follow the show to Broadway, and I was sad, and then I was like, why? And now I'm like, oh, yeah, so wicked. Yeah, he's uh he he's out in the Emerald City. But now so. we get Alex Wise, which yeah. is also a gift. Love him. Yeah. 
Alex is great. Um, all right. The three off-Broadway shows that I want to point out that are closing this coming week are The Seagull, Woodstock, New York from The New Group, Dark Disabled Stories, and The Harder They Come, both of them closing at the Public Theater. So we will have links to all of the information about all of the shows we discussed here in the show notes if you want to check that out. All right. Some real quick show and casting and other news stuff coming up. Last week, the Tony Award winning revival of Chicago has announced a new trio of stars that will begin performances on April 10th alongside the previously announced Olivia Holt will be making her Broadway debut as Roxy Hart. I'm very excited about that. I already have an interview request in for Olivia Holt because she starred in probably other than WandaVision, I think my favorite superhero TV show of all time. So excited about that. But joining alongside of her will be some very familiar names to the Chicago universe. Kimberly Maribel will be taking over as Velma Kelly. Liam Finnegan will be taking over as Amos Hart. And Charity Angel Dawson will be returning to the role as Matron Mama Morton. They will be replacing Bianca Maraquin, Evan Harrington, and Haley Swindle, respectively. And then in a new interview with Vanity Fair, Alan Menken detailed some uh, pretty in-depth information about the new songs that are being added to the live-action Little Mermaid movie that he's, you know, doing with uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And it said there's a lot of songs that were written and kind of partially written but not incorporated into the show, but he did, or into the movie that just didn't make it for whatever reason. The first song that is added is a new song called Wild Uncharted Waters that is for Prince Eric. The next song it, they did not give a name for, but it has to do when Ariel first gets her legs but has no voice, and it's kind of like her inner thoughts. And then there is one called Scuttlebutt, which is a new song performed by both, of course, Scuttle and Sebastian. Apparently, it started out as like a little melody line that Mankin wrote, and then Miranda did some rapping over it. So, of course, David Diggs playing uh, Sebastian will have an opportunity to do some rapping in that, presumably. Uh, and then there's also some lyric updates to Poor Unfortunate Souls and Kiss the Girl. Uh, And then unrelated to Little Mermaid, Mencken did say that he is currently working on something with Nell Benjamin, but didn't say anything about what that is. You know that I love me some Nell Benjamin. So um, excited to see what that is when we get more information. All right. And uh, let's wrap up the show today, Grace, with, I mean, the feel good recommendation of the past week, month, year, decade. I don't know. But the Entertainment Community Fund put out highlights from its ragtime concert. And who boy, I mean, it's only like two minutes of actual highlights, but it packs a wallop. Really incredible footage. I hope that we see more. I don't know if we will, but it's so good that it would really be disappointing if we only got like two minutes of it and there's more of it out there. So it's a little bit of all of the big songs. Could not recommend watching this on a loop more. So uh, we will have that in the show notes and you can definitely check that out. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all forms of social media at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.